Hi everyone, my name is Michaela, and this is the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness, where we spotlight stories from our community to uplift the collective consciousness. Thank you for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I have with me Mags Lynch. Mags is going to talk to us a little bit about yoga for anxiety. Hi. Mags, how are you today? Superb. How are you? I'm so happy that you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a, give us a short little rundown. Um, okay, so I'm going to state for the record, first of all, I'm Irish, so there's probably nothing short about anything I'm about to do. Okay. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. Um, I obviously am from Ireland. Um, I am in my mid thirties now and have had the pleasure and challenge of leading a very colorful life. So what that has meant is throughout my life, I have had to navigate quite a lot of stuff, which has led me down certain avenues and certain paths which brings me to where I am here speaking to you today. So my background um, is, uh, I suppose, the usual. Went to school. After I left school, I qualified in um, media and communications, and then I did a year in radio specialization. So my background will be radio media and that sort of stuff. Worked in that for a while, then left and moved to the UK for a little while, explored life a little bit more, and then came back. And when I came back, I suppose I came back into a challenging situation where um, we lost four people in my sphere within the space of a week. So what that meant was I had to renegotiate what life meant to me. And how was I to get through this? A year to the day after one of the people who passed was my mom, um, a year just to the day um, on New Year's Day, my son was born um, just the day before her first anniversary. Um, I knew the minute I found out I was pregnant, I said, just watch and wait. I said, I guarantee you, I guarantee you it's going to be born around the same time as the anniversary. So literally within hours, the anniversary, he was born at about half nine. The anniversary was at midnight or 1 a.m., whatever. So um so I was then responsible for another human. Um, and what that meant then was having only lost so many people and having gotten pregnant so quickly. And unfortunately, my relationship, uh, I, I suppose, broke apart. It meant I was a single parent. So it meant I had to navigate all of this while also doing at that point, a degree in communications and public relations. So he was born in my second year. And I qualified the following year um, with uh, an 18 month old teething uh, as I wrote my thesis. So that was fun times, um, which brought me into trying to find space to breathe, which then apart from a little rendezvous when I was 16, when we were forced to do it in school. And if there's one thing I can tell you about me is when I'm forced to do something, I'm not going to do it full stop. It's not going to be worth my while. So I then got introduced to the world of yoga. Um, and it was a way for me to calm because um, postpartum depression was very real. I've suffered with depression, anxiety for as long as I can remember in my life. Um, and that's where yoga came in. So for me, the best one was hot yoga. Oh, wow. It just it was like a whole new world to me. Um, and I delved in and out of that world, even worked as part of the studio for a little while. Uh, more on the media side to 
emphasize uh, than the, the teaching or anything side. Um, and then I changed trajectory and I went and I studied and I became a holistic and sports injury masseuse. And then when the pandemic hit, just before the pandemic hit, I lost two friends within like a few days of each other again, the same week, um, one to suicide and one to um, cancer, both under 30. Um, it was really challenging. So over the course of the pandemic, I went back and I did a master's in addiction counselling um, to, I suppose, upskill. Whilst in the background, I'm not the greatest yogi you know, even the terms, you know, I love the stretches. I love how they, you know, change um, my mood and my atmosphere. So I incorporated that in the background to keep saying throughout a global, um, you know, issue, I suppose. Uh, less said the better at this point. I think we need the summer for <laughs> breathing on that one. Um, so that brings me to today and to sitting in front of you to discuss this. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I also suffer with depression and anxiety, and I found yoga to help me find a little bit of relief. So I can relate. Um, you are extremely well-educated, and I'm so impressed with people who, because I don't have any children, and I went to school when I was young, and I didn't have any of the responsibility. Well, I had a little bit, but not very much. And so I admire people who have children and other full responsibilities going on while they go to school. So kudos to you, my friend. Thank you, greatly. <laughs> also, I love how diverse your interests are. You have radio media, you have um, addiction counseling, you have... I, I love that. That is so cool. Yeah, I suppose uh, someone said to me once, um, I have very Carl Jungian energy. I take a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, a little bit from column C, and then I mash it together and create something. <laughs> I love that. I love that. A little bit of everything is, is, you know, I feel like that gives us the best balance. 100%. And it balance. keeps you open. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not surprised also that you found hot yoga while in Ireland. Cause if I, if I know correctly, it's <laughs> a little rainy, it's a little chilly, a little cold. So it's, it's a case of you can have the four seasons quite literally in one day, we can have rain, snow, um, you know, sun, it's not been known to be sunburned or it's not unknown to be sunburned in January. And then for you to also be frostbitten because of the snow. <laughs> Like, you know, if you want change and you want a bit of diversity, come. <laughs> I've always wanted to visit Ireland. Me and my husband are it's our on our bucket list. So I am even more intrigued. <laughs> I look forward to showing you around when you get here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so not to sidetrack us too far off yep. the topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you when you started practicing yoga. You found hot yoga, yes. Mm -hmm. What did you feel the the effects immediately of starting your practice, or do you feel like it took you a little while to to be like, oh yeah, sitting with my breath is is really nice. 
Yeah, no, I was so rebellious. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like one of the girls suggested it and she was like, off you go now. I will take the child, you know, and I'm like, first of all, I am too heavy to go to this. That is for skinny people. And I'm sorry, but that that was my mindset at the time, right? So I was like, you know, I'm going to make a holy show of myself. Plus my gast or my, my digestive system hates me when I move in angles, hates me. So it makes a holy show of me. So I was like, I'm going to be mortified. Like I'm going to be mortified when I go in here. So I went in and I was so resistant. So I did the most minimal amount possible. Anything that involved raising legs was left in place until you know further down the line but I suppose for me um first of all the heat like I never knew anything like it you know and I suppose I know you're based in Texas so to you heat is nothing but over here like I you can see the color of me right and I haven't even been out in the sun that's just running to the car driving in the car coming back if I took my clothing off I would disappear I'm translucent like you'd only see these little outlines of me so heat for me is not something that like I'm it's a norm you know when I went to visit Las Vegas it was winter and I was going around dressed like this and there was people in haskarts and gloves and I was like what is wrong I can't cope like I can't cope so for me it took ages first of all to trust in the process of yoga and to trust that the instructor was not trying to mortify me by trying to get me to twist my body into these various angles. And then with anxiety, you know, first of all, there's imposter syndrome, which is a huge thing. If you've never heard of it, I'm so glad for you, genuinely so glad for you because it is one of the the cruelest things I believe in my life. Um, I mean, I have a master's and the fear I have of working or advertising, good luck, like I may never work because the fear of advertising myself as actually someone who's competent is hilarious, like it it just won't happen. So, you know, that will go to tell you how nerve wracking it was for me to walk into this room with people and there was people of all shapes and sizes. So I quickly learned about that. But like I was looking at these people and I, of course, had it built up in my head. The imposter syndrome was telling me that they were all pros I was going to make a holy show of myself I had no place being there because I didn't have matching outfits matching yoga mat blocks things um I you know all of this stuff um so I had to fight through that so for me a victory was simply walking into the studio and so many people don't realize if you don't suffer with anxiety first of all we should state that anxiety is such a normal part of everyday life anxiety only becomes a problem when I, I, if I can um, use metaphors, so it's like a smoke alarm. Um, a smoke alarm is supposed to go off when I wake up, put the toast on, go to do something else and forget to pop back up again because, you know, God forbid I'd have a working toaster. But like, then it's there to alert me that, you know, Mags, you've forgotten again, get back here, sort your life out. Okay. Now imagine a smoke alarm going off 24-7. What's the first thing you do? If you don't have anger issues, you're going to call somebody. If you have anger issues, there may be a baseball bat involved. Okay. Either way, that alarm is going to stop ringing because otherwise mental health is going to go right out the window. That's what happens when anxiety becomes a problem is the smoke alarm does not stop. It continues and continues and continues. And that then causes the same effects. Like if you can imagine the smoke alarm, sorry, I'm looking up at my smoke alarm. If you can imagine the smoke alarm, 
um, going off consistently, you would either leave your house or you would go stay in a friend's because there's no way if it wasn't going to stop for days because there's no way you're going to sit there and listen to that consistently going off. But our bodies don't operate the same way. We don't always get that actual alarm realization that it's still continuously going. And when it's left running and left running and left running, it starts creating little roots and it becomes more established and suddenly we slash our bodies do not know the difference between the working smoke alarm and the non and suddenly everything becomes a threat everything so it's no longer just doing it for those nights where you have to walk home in the dark key in hand ready in case there's somebody around you you know it's no longer just for those nights and for those moments to keep you alert and sharp it's now 24 7 which then disables your immune system very shortly put um because the chronic stress causes so many things cortisol and all that jazz to go like haywire within your system and then before you know it you're in a state of constant alarm so we have a rule in my house i have uh children in the background obviously um uh, but we have a rule in this house like you know if you're excited about something super if something like if you win the lotto go for it scream i'll get over it like you know but my system cannot tolerate if you do a jump scare on me i'm on the ground then you're grounded full stop that's it because my fight and flight system can't tolerate it because it's in a constant state even with all the work i've done because i still haven't fully rebalanced i uh, my system goes, you're in danger, you're in danger, something's coming, something, you know, and this, when you have a background of trauma, as like I said, I've lived a colorful life, you know, um, and that's what I call my trauma, colorful stuff, because, you know, rephrasing is important sometimes. When you've lived a, a colorful life, um, you don't always get the choice of switching your alarm system off. And you sometimes have to learn to live with that alarm system. And I suppose if we look at what did yoga you know mean for working with my anxiety um it meant finding a space within um i suppose the yoga community both online or in person i speak for online now obviously um and and for that it, it, it was to try to dull first of all any of the imposter syndrome fears uh, that creep in and also to learn to feel safe um and held within that space or that community um that then allows you to practice the yoga and feel calm beautifully put i don't think anyone has accurately described my felt experience like that before i remember telling my therapist I'm mad because I know all of the things I've learned. I've been doing the work and it's still hard. I'm still suffering. And she was like, you know, that's part of it. And I hate to tell you that, but that's what it is. It's now, it's a daily thing. Now, you know, so now it's going to get a little easier, but it's not going to stop. Yeah, and that is, I have to say, you know, having just done a master's in counselling, partly because I have this calling to help people, but partly because 
I have a background um, where addiction featured prominently in my life, you know, uh, from yay high up, like, you know, and I wanted to learn. So then I could try and calm all these things in me because obviously generational or transgenerational trauma is a very real thing. And I'm trying to curb stuff so that my child does not carry the stuff that I've carried from generations into now. Um, but living with the knowledge that this can at any time creep up, I was like, I need to change this. I need to learn, I need to do. And here I am at the other side of the masters and with the very firm knowledge that the rest of my life is going to be spent working, learning. Now, there are upsides. And for anyone listening who might be at the start of their journey, please know this. It does get better, even though I still state it's here and I have to live with it. The difference in me today versus I would not have been having this chat with you, Michaela, uh, you know, even four years ago, because I would have been like, absolutely not you're an imposter get off not gonna happen you're not even a true york anyway like you know get out of here you know it does get better it does improve and i do promise you that but it just takes time investment and education you know just like anything right and i think that's one of the biggest lessons i got from yoga was that we're always in the practice and the practice never stops it changes, but it never stops. Yep. Very accurate. It's like, it, it, it. yeah, yeah. Yoga is very representative of life, to be fair, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. Everything that we do hard. on the mat is reflected off the mat. Yeah. But even like, I mean, as a starter, you know, it's hard at the start. You're mortified. You're, you're scared. You're unsure. It's like life, you know, that's how we are. And, and as a nation, world, whatever, you know, I just see us as one. I know that's very cheesy or whatever, but that's just my, you know, um, we live in a period of chronic stress 24 seven, you know, um, LED lights, um, uh, circadian rhythm disruption, you know, there is no end to it. And then media, 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 and literally the media does this. It, it covers your entire world. You can't breathe when you scroll and you see all of the things that are happening and all of the things that are going on. Um, but like that, like yoga practice, it's about getting back onto the mat, getting off the apps. It's about getting back onto the mat breathing it's about getting back onto the mat moving away deleting apps that no longer serve you um blocking people and uh when things i'm so technical that you uh, uh no longer suit your anxiety level and i have friends who i will not become friends with online and i have told them to their face because i know the stuff they post i know they're going to cause me stress and i just I'm not, I'm not going to do that to myself. Like, you know, so it's, it is a very resplendent practice to life in itself. Um, when you think about the dedication and the effort that you have to put into it. Absolutely. Um, and I hear you keep saying that you're not even a real yogi and that you're a beginner, you know, everyone's a yogi, whether or not they know it, they're in the practice, whether or not they know it, 
mm-hmm. all the time. We are from birth to death. Um, because you're right. It is absolutely reflective of mirroring of what happens in our daily life. We practice on the map so that we can know ourselves better and live ourselves or live our lives a little bit better. Um, I'm loving all of this. Thank you so much for sharing. So I'm hearing you say that it took you a bit, but as you started to get into your practice, you started to notice that being with your breath was helpful. What are the other benefits that you saw as you started to really lean into your practice? Okay, so I, I actually have a few notes written. If you excuse me being very nerdy and all that jazz, but like oh, I go off on tangents. So, you know, as you've noticed at this point. So keep I me love on the track. Notes. Yes. <laughs> so I suppose specifically for me coming from the viewpoint of benefits of, of yoga, especially with the anxiety, you know, overlay as such of it. Um first and foremost, and you've mentioned it there now twice, the focusing on the breath. Um I will never forget years ago, I went to a therapist. I've been to many over my lifetime, but an event had happened in my life and I had to link in again for, um, and at this point I was a parent of a like very rambunctious three to four year olds and it was hard to breathe. You know, I was full on single parent, not much uh, familial, you know, support around me, you know, et cetera. So I went into her and I said, you know, really stressed out, finding it hard to do like da, 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 da. And when I get going and I'm trying to be very mindful of not speaking at my normal rate, because we tend to speak very quickly in this country, you know, um, that she was like, you're speaking so fast. She was like, I really like you to take a breath. And I, I looked at her and I went, what do you mean take a breath? She said, breathe. I was like, well, I'm obviously breathing or I wouldn't be here. Now, I know, looking back now, like mortified. But anyway, that was my very real reaction in that moment. It was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I'd be dead if I wasn't. And she saw, she took on board, she noticed. And she was like, okay, I'm talking about like meditative breath. And if there was one thing you could not say to me back then, it was meditation. Good luck. Like, just good luck. I have a child. I am trying to run my life. I'm trying to live. Like, I don't have time for that. So anyway, she said, right, just do me a favor. She said, I want you to just once a day, remember to breathe. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I went back the following week, hadn't done it. And she was like, okay, I'm just going to remind you gently. Will you please try? So what I did was I took a pen and I wrote on my hand here, breathe. I look like an idiot going around with that word breathe on my hand. Uh, thankfully, that was, you know, around the time when, uh, Sean Paul and Blue Control's song was still, you know, hitting the scene. So I, I, I played it off, you know, now and again with that. But it worked. I noticed it. I'd wash my hand and I'd be like, oh, I have to replace that. And I'd do it when I did it. She was very sneaky, very good. I love it. Like, you know, really, really good way to get me to start. So then I was like, right, I'm noticing a difference when I do this. So I set an alarm on my phone for three times a day to dedicate just one minute. I didn't have any more time than that, just one minute to breathe. So for me, breathing is not something that's normal to me. And I'm talking about the specific, obviously, uh, relaxing breathing. 
So focusing on breath is the primary, big number one uh, win of yoga. Because when you're trying to curl yourself into some of those poses, if you're not focusing on the breath, you're gone. Whatever about focusing on your posture, if you're not breathing, before you know it, you've held your breath and you're lightheaded, so you have to go down anyway, like, you know. So focusing on the breath would be number one. Being present, again, not something for someone who's in survival at that point, probably 100% of the time. Um, being present hurts. It hurts in ways that I can't even describe. Now, I've had many medical procedures and injuries and, you know, da da da. And yet I would describe the pain of being in survival as surmounting those because nothing was ever safe. I was never safe because I was never present. So being present would be the second big thing that yoga brings into, um, I suppose, the room of someone, especially dealing with anxiety. Um, meeting yourself where you're at would definitely be number three. Um, when you're overweight, and I am over overweight and have been for the majority of my life, my body has this wonderful system of um, when I don't feel safe, I get layers and layers on. And then as soon as I've rebalanced and things have calmed in my life, it just drops and disappears. So I have really fluctuated quite significantly, but after the pandemic, sure, like, oh, chocolate was my best friend trying to get through a master's on a pandemic. So like definitely on the, the higher spectrum of it now. But I no longer <clears throat> would I like to be more healthy looking 100%, but I no longer judge my body for being where it's at because it is doing such a superb job of keeping me alive and here and doing you know so meeting yourself where you're at is probably one of the hardest mental um challenges of yoga because there's always other people who you may view as being more beautiful than yourself or you may view as having something you don't and it's, it can be intimidating to be in a room with people who are like that. And this, again, I stress is all in the mind, right? Because you are perfect as you are, regardless of whether you know it or not yet. But, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's that meeting yourself where you're at and understanding that it doesn't matter what you look like. You bring such an incredible amount of value to that room just by being yourself. So that would be the next one. Movement, 100% movement sorting that stagnant energy in the body which I really suffer with so that movement of of you know if you want to go into the Chinese medicine the chi or you know even just getting the oxygen in to get proper oxygen into your red blood cells moving you know shifting doing um and again for somebody who suffers uh, has suffered a huge amount with her stomach um unsurprisingly given you know the, the different traumas in my life um movement is incredible um, obviously nutrition is great but I'm not going to even delve there um, but for it would be an area I struggle with so for me the movement helped massively in um, allowing my digestive system to operate at a better level if that makes sense and um, communication communication um, why is communication on my list? It's on my list because when you're suffering with anxiety, walking into a yoga room is enormous, especially if you're not part of a, a consistent studio, which I'm not, 
currently mine would be online stuff um, and it's not even classes because you know humans um, so mine is mostly you know YouTube clips and stuff like that so I don't uh, allow myself to fall into the comparing because that can be a fault of mine so communication is enormous um, I, I, I reached out actually I, I don't know how you came up on my IG feed no idea was amazing though and I reached out because um there was a retreat being held in India and I wanted to go and get a bit more information and find out um my son we homeschool so um we're both you know he's interested again and I and I know I valid value take on your point um of of me being a yogi regardless but you know we definitely could do with more practice and we could definitely like we're we're still at beginners I'm still at beginners he's obviously a beginner but I'm still at beginner even though because I I don't yeah anyway so point is I was reaching out and I found this and it was such a warm reception that I got from the 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 person who responded to me on IG such a warm reception um that I couldn't help but be drawn in to the community so this is where communication from both sides you reaching out and the person reaching back is enormous because that person being warm allowed me to lean into this community no pressure on me you know this is the information if you need it I never got a salesy message going hey so that that retreat in India amazing because there's nothing I hate more than that sort of stuff like you know so this is why communication is important having someone who's capable of communication in the studio and having someone um not be pressured allows for the communication to come from the anxious person which allows them to come part of the community which will then maybe allow them to come part of the studio one day and to have the courage to come into the class so that's why communication is huge community also for the same reasons as communication is huge when you feel welcomed when you feel um a part of something connection is is one of the biggest things for anxiety and for mental health it's enormous so being able to lean into that and having a community to lean into it, it's phenomenal what it can do to help with your anxiety and allow you to then delve into the yoga practice at the same time yoga then is a tool in itself because there's so much in it and because there's so many different types um the first type of yoga i tried to that's strong i disliked it um because you know it was just yeah it, i just i just i just disliked it then i finally i kept trying and i found the hot yoga and that was amazing now sadly they don't do that anymore in my town um so i have no access to it but like you know it was a such a valuable tool such a valuable tool so it's a tool in itself and then there's also and i'm not okay with this yet i haven't done it but i know that it exists um that there's yoga therapy as well for severe anxiety so there's actually yogis who are trained specifically in a therapy based style yoga that then allows you to work specifically you know and these can be available more often than not in one-on-one sessions as well if you're not quite comfortable setting into a room yet explore that as an option as well you know so that's another benefit also i mentioned circadian disruption rhythm earlier yoga helps sleep you know um when you're moving you're allowing your 
lymphatic system to get activated, which then allows the toxins to drain, which helps your sleep. Um, the movement helps your sleep. There are poses specifically you can do, which are designed to bring calm and quiet to your body, which can produce sleep. Um, and, and I suppose that's where um, sleep then allows your anxiety to be minimized somewhat. Um, and you don't react, your flight and fight is not activated as quickly, you know, so there's a lot, uh, a lot in that. And then, you know, I suppose something as well that I kind of want to um, now, and I'm not going to say this name correctly, so I apologize in advance. Uh, Pantanjali's Eightfold System of Yoga, okay? If we talk about that for a second, so the eight, I suppose, limbs of, of yoga in that, are uh, yama, which are abstinences, niyama, observances, asana, the yoga postures, pranayama, the breath control, pratyahara, dear God, that's wrong, uh, withdrawal of the senses, dharana, concentration, dhyana, meditation, and samadhi, absorption. So if we look at those eight practices in reference to anxiety you know abstinences so that is keeping away from that um, voice in your brain that is telling you that you are abc okay um the next one then is the observances it allows you to understand that that voice is not you it is not you and you know it allows you to differentiate between when you feel something and when the anxiety is talking uh, the yoga post the asana the yoga postures in themselves speak for themselves then the breath control, um, obviously, we've spoken about how that works, um, withdrawal of the senses. So when you are, what's the word I'm looking for? Dis, well, disconnected, we'll use the word, there's a better word for it, but when you're disconnected in survival mode, um, you are withdrawing from senses, but that's not the same way. It's, it's in a survival mechanism, whereas this is doing it in a very controlled manner that allows you to really come back to the core of what it is. Then you have the concentration, which is amazing because if you can concentrate, you're halfway to battling anxiety anyway, because if you're focused on something, that's, you know, it, it's giving more of a kick out of the way than allowing to be in control. The meditation obviously, you know, speaks for itself. And then the absorption. There is so many ways you can look at that. But for me, I suppose the way I, I would include it in this conversation is the absorption, both of the knowledge of the community and of the, I suppose, the, and I'm going to use the word love that is surrounded, the energy, you know, of yoga, um, but also of the knowledge that you are a wonderful individual as you are and you don't have to go to yoga you don't have to go to um uh, the gym you don't have to go to all of these places to become a specific person you already are that person and practices like yoga the gym whatever they allow you to become um or to to go deeper into that person that you are and allow your light to shine as opposed to hiding it all the time from a fear perspective um, and just very quickly, these are the things, so from my uh, perspective as a counsellor, we'll say, uh, she says hesitantly because that's a, a word in her mouth, but it allows for cognitive reframing. Um, you can get like behaviour recommendations from it because of how your body responds to it. 
obviously there's relaxation techniques involved in it that allow you to focus on the breath regulation big one for the system the nervous system huge one regulation um allows you to be mindful of the like sensory uh things you might have because a lot of people with anxiety do have sensory challenges you know be it labeled or unlabeled there there are sensory challenges that come with anxiety in itself a greater cognitive flexibility um concentration and uh down regulation of distress so they would be i suppose the key things that would be benefits of yoga for people with anxiety i love it yes 100 percent. all of that beautifully put also i'm very thankful that this work the connection worked out the, and that the person who um, i'm assuming was on the peer support team who reached out to you um we have the best team, so I'm not surprised by that, but I'm thankful that um, you felt supported and safe. Um, so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're, you're saying all, I wanted to just like snap for you the whole time. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. So yes, with all the things um, I cried after my first couple yoga classes and I had no idea why. I was in Shavasana and I just all down my face. And I was like, it's okay. Cause I too was in hot yoga. I was like, it's okay. I'm sweating. No one's going to know that they're tears. No one's going to know. I'm just going to let it go. And I never understood until I got deeper into my yoga teacher training, what was happening there. Um, and you've like, you've hit the nail on the head with all of my experience really. Um, yes. It's the breath yoga practice is one of the few things, one of the only things we can use besides medical intervention to regulate our autonomic nervous system, which is huge. That's huge. Beautiful. Yeah. It is. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, and especially now with the advent of YouTube, because I'm very conscious being one myself, I, I would be, I suppose, on a very thin line, <laughs> but with poverty, very thin line, you know, so I'm very conscious. I was never able to afford consistently to pay for classes, you know, especially when I had a very young child. So it allows you to take a class and then maybe to go practice and then to take a class when you can, you know, the advent of the world we live in today gives you access to these things that before were in, you know, pay grades way above what someone like in my position would be in. Um, and that's enormous, you know? That's why I'm really thankful to work for MVP, um, especially at our brick and mortar studio. I love our online space too, but um, especially at our brick and mortar studio because accessibility and affordability are, are top. We tell people often, if you can't, if you're not in a financial place, to come and practice, that's okay. Still come and practice. We want you to come and practice. What you pay doesn't matter. If you pay, it doesn't matter. Because everyone, this is not our knowledge, right? This is not ours. Yoga is not ours to gatekeep. Everyone can access this and everyone should be able to access this, especially those of us who are in constant survival mode. Yeah, and it's so refreshing to hear that because I suppose now my, 
studio accesses will be very limited you know uh, we're a different size clearly I think maybe 12 of my country can fit into your state alone <laughs> you know like so it's, it's hugely different and my experiences there would not have been similar um, so it's really refreshing to to hear um, and I've seen you know that you offer classes that are uh, free you know online I've seen them advertised um, so to have that is phenomenal because we're especially now living in a time which is financially an incredible challenge especially if you're not currently in a position to work or to to do that um but if i may um may i just uh, give a couple of the poses that i found most significant uh for yoga for anxiety if that's okay you can share anything you'd like please go right ahead because <laughs> cool, i just i suppose all of the poses have their own significance um but there's certain ones that um i suppose may activate things differently you know so i'm just going to read out a list here of of the ones so um the hero pose the tree pose have fun with that 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 balance is not my forte triangle pose <laughs> standing forward bend the fish pose the extended puppy pose the child's pose, the child's pose is the most understated pose, in my opinion. Head to knee forward bend, the seated forward bend, excuse me, the reclining bound. She says reading her own hydrant, uh, reclining bound angle pose. It was one I wasn't familiar with anyway. Um, and the legs up the wall pose. Now, what's very interesting, the legs up the wall pose, right? I have just, I love reading papers. Like I have so much knowledge. I just need to start doing stuff with it. But I, re I read a paper recently and in actual fact, so I suffer horrendously with sleep. It's a byproduct of uh, trauma and PTSD, CPTSD, all that jazz and malarkey. So what I discovered recently was legs up the wall before bed, sit on your bed. She says, looking at her bed again, sorry. Sit at your bed. <laughs> And um, and put your uh, your butt up against the headboard if you have one, and put your legs up the wall for ten to fifteen minutes. And what that does is, especially if you're someone like me who suffers with hot, hot feet and 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 can be swelling, especially with the weather we have currently here in Ireland, which is I can translate to Fahrenheit, but it's like twenty degrees, twenty three degrees. Uh, so you will laugh at me when I tell you that's horrendously hot, but that is like I'm melting. OK, um, so lots of swollen ankles to be found. Um, so when you put your legs up against the wall, it allows for all of that to drain out and to go away. So what you're doing is you're promoting your body to regulate. Again, it's back to the, uh, the, the regulation of the dysregulation and allowing your body to completely slow down just before. Plus, if you're not aware of this, I became aware of it. I got hypothermia during 2020. We did a thing called Freezebury where you get in the river every day. First day of February, it's one minute by the, it was a leap year too. So we got an extra day, which was 29 minutes. And it's, the water's cold, like it's cold, right? So um, I got hypothermia because I was one of two people who was not drinking a shot. <laughs> to finish the dip, like, you know? So I got hypothermia and, and ironically, my brother was the other person. 
um uh because neither of us were drinking and we both ended up in care doc within our like an hour of each other um and the doctor explained to me which i had completely forgotten but if this was your foot right and this is your ankle your blood comes down here and goes back up so when your limbs are frozen cold or when you're cold right it means that um the blood thickens, it coagulates in the foot when it comes down, and therefore it's thicker moving up through your system. Okay, so therefore you need to put your feet in warm water as soon as you get out, blah, blah. But I slightly divert it because what that does then is when you're putting your legs up, you're helping the blood flow to come and to go and that then promotes extra oxygen in your blood which then allows you to relax it helps with the cortisol levels it da, 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 beautiful domino effect of stuff and before you know what you're done so like you know those poses but especially for me now the child's pose um or the alternate child's pose now because i don't bend the way i used to bend anymore and the legs up the wall pose have been the most incredible um um ones for for activating on a side note i'm also a chronic asthmatic the triangle pose because to just quick link here a lot of people with anxiety grief find themselves having breathing difficulties or asthma because we know that um i was i i just gone my birthday was, I think, a week and a bit before my mom passed away, before everyone died. And I just turned, I think it was 23. And the following year, I was told that I had the lungs of a 94-year-old woman. My breathing was so horrendous. It wasn't anything to do with my breathing. They weren't wrong. My breathing presented as that. However, what I learned through my journey, anytime grief comes up for me, I ended up in hospital on steroids nebulizers there's a whole shebang right that is your grief center this is your grief center and grief doesn't have to be you've lost four people in one week grief can be i didn't get the job i wanted grief can be my child is driving me insane and this is not the life i imagined grief can be which is okay by the way you are not a bad parent for saying that for the record um grief can be you know the simplest of things trauma is born out of a stub of a toe on a bed my world is not safe it hurt me you know people do not realize how trauma comes about and how simple trauma can be so the triangle pose to get back to off my tangent the triangle pose is a fantastic way now am i calling the right pose is that the one where you open out and you bend your arm back yeah, so the triangle pose was an incredible pose for my chest, which relieved the breathing because you're opening up your chest, therefore you're opening up the lungs, the airways, right? But also allowed, the, especially with the hot yoga, allowed me to get more steam in to open up the lungs. But also because you're practicing yoga helps, you know, regulate you. So the amount of stuff that you could talk about that these are, are amazing for, but those three for me uh, as a human, in my experience, are the three most relevant ones that are easy to do, do not require you turning yourself into a pretzel, because that's somehow how it feels, sometimes how it feels to me practicing, you know, I feel like I'm trying to turn myself into a pretzel and limbs are not going where limbs should go, like, you know, so those poses would be the top ones that I would argue for you know
Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's something that's very easy for anyone listening to start to try and incorporate in their day. Um, I'm a huge fan of forward fold when I'm anxious in any place. In the grocery store. Now, if I'm not feeling safe enough to, to let my back be exposed, that's different. Sometimes I'll even like back up against a wall. So my butt's against the wall and then forward fold. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm a huge proponent for so whatever makes you feel good, utilize it when you need it. You need a child's pose when you're in an argument, child's pose, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yep. Yeah. 100%. Mags, it's been so wonderful having you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom. Is there any final thoughts or feelings you would like to impart? You know, you know, a bit of, like of my background now, I suppose. So like for the people listening, you know, we hear this all the time. If I can do it, you can too. Okay. And, and what I mean by this is you don't have to commit to a full yoga class immediately. Um, it can be as simple as following the likes of yourselves online and, and watching how things go and picking a pose and doing it at home on your own. It's that one step. I always talk in baby steps. It's that one step. It takes 30 days to create the habit. It takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. If it takes you 90 days of doing one pose at home to get that bit of confidence to step into your studio, you do that, okay? But what I would say to you is don't make the assumptions like I did that there is a bunch of these fabulous elitist people in a studio doing stuff that you're never going to be able to do because I am here to tell you that is wrong. I was wrong. I openly say that, <laughs> you know, um, they are wonderful down to earth, everyday people like you, like, like Michaela, you know, it is just, and it's a fantastic place to find community because you will eventually, once you get chatting to people at your own comfort level, discover that people are there for the exact same reasons, different alters, you know, different slightly altered little bits, but, they're all there for the same reason. It's to take a breath and to have that space. And don't ever cut yourself off because you feel you're unworthy or that you don't belong. You belong anywhere that you can put your foot. Unless it's private property, I don't recommend that, especially if they have shotguns and stuff, which we don't know so much about over here as you do over there. But, you know, I'm just saying. But, like, you know, you belong anywhere in whatever you want. I go around wearing, I have four of these tops, four pairs of black leggings. I wear the same clothes every day. I say people think I've been in the same wardrobe for the last six years. It doesn't matter. I'm comfortable. And that's all that matters to me. I went from having bust long hair to shaving my hair bald during the pandemic because I was like, I'm not doing an hour and a half of my life anymore. Because I suddenly realized my hair doesn't make me the person I am. If someone can't like me because I have short hair or no hair, then they can go and take a long walk off a sharp bridge. But, you know, so just remember, you're important. That's the thing I'm trying to say. And something like this, a practice like yoga, will really help you to understand just how much you deserve to be here in this space. Beautiful note to end on. Beautiful. Michaela, thanks so much. Thank you, Mags. And thank you everyone for listening and for being here and sharing your time and your space. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you so much.